Hey everybody, thanks for stopping by. I'm Eric Johnson, and this is the Burley Flow Podcast. Every week I post a story from up here in Burley Flow, Wisconsin, a little town on the banks of the Mississippi River I returned to after 20 years away. Now that I'm back, I want to share this place with you, here with the podcast, at the website at burlyflow.com, with my book and with my Patreon site, which, among other things, has a podcast of its own for members. So if you like what you hear, please subscribe and check out some of that other stuff. I think you'll enjoy it. Now, let's get to this week's story. The photography club pulled into town about seven in the evening. They were ready for the full moon and were quick with jokes about it, figuring a more proactive approach might keep them from becoming the butt, as it were, of someone else's joke, which was probably a good plan given the fact that Burley Flow was basically filled with 11-year-old boys, and what 11-year-old boy doesn't have something to say about a full moon? There were probably 10 in all, 15 if you counted the followers. The followers were the friends or significant others of those with the camera, and most were loaded down with gear, looking either like Sherpas or caddies, depending on how charitable you wanted to be. And Joey Garnavello wasn't feeling too charitable. He'd been a follower once, and it didn't go very well. In hindsight, how could it have been anything but a disaster? He asked, watching them file into the bilge pump's back room, which was serving as a staging area. I mean, for one thing, it's dark, right? And in our case, someone had the bright idea of going to Hubble Beach. Chapter 8 of the workbook the Photography Club used centered around techniques for taking pictures of the moon, which, of course, required a field trip to someplace dark. But Hubble Beach? You went out on the river? I asked. Don't worry, I'll get to that in a minute, he said, taking a sip from his beer. I waved at Conrad and ordered a couple more. Joey was starting to get wound up, and when Joey got wound up, you knew it was going to be good. So darkness was kind of the whole point, he continued. But you try keeping track of lens caps and remote shutter releases and tripod cases in the dark for some uptight photo diva and see what it does for your disposition. Who said anything about your disposition, I asked. He answered by raising an eyebrow. The photo diva in question was Kimberly Sayers, a bookkeeper for the John Deere dealership in Snowpatch, and as first dates went, it apparently made a pretty good last one. I figured it would be a good balance, he said, a chance for me to take charge as well as be supportive. You know, the full spectrum of Joey Garnavello in One Dark Night. You can have a spectrum in the dark, I asked. Oh, you absolutely can't, he replied. In theory, it was the being in charge part that should have been the gimme. In order to achieve the darkness necessary to get their moonrise over the river and one up the last group through the workbook, who got a moonrise over corn, the group wanted to try setting up on one of the islands. So as a guy with a boat who was already planning on being around to help Kimberly Sayers anyway, Joey volunteered enlisting Les Runyon, a retiree with a boat of his own, to set up camp ahead of time, 
tiki torches and a fire, all of which could be extinguished when the time came, as well as a cooler of beer and a cooler of snacks. Hubble Beach was one of the larger beaches, about a quarter mile down river, and since they were planning to go in the middle of the week during that sweet spot between Labor Day and the chilly weather, it promised to be deserted and perfect. Joey would make a couple of trips ferrying the people and their equipment, and he'd still have plenty of time to showcase his supportive side when it came time for the moon to rise, which was around 11. The Full Spectrum Only when Joey arrived with the first group, the beach was dark and there was nothing to greet them but the stench from a decaying fish that was snagged in a laydown somewhere on either side of the beach. Must have been a big bloated carp from the smell of it, Joey said. It had been there for a day at least, and of course there was no wind that night, so the smell covered the beach like a blanket. Couldn't you dislodge it, I asked. Couldn't find it, Joey said. Nobody had a flashlight? Shouldn't have needed any, Joey said. Remember, everyone was expecting a fire and tiki torches. What about the flashlight on people's phones? Everyone was suddenly pretty protective of their battery life, because don't forget, I had to leave them to pick up two more loads. He asked me to picture it. An accountant, a pharmacist, and a theater teacher left alone on an island in the middle of the Mississippi River. No food, no water, no signal, no fire. You know what they say about it always being darkest before the light? He shook his head. Well, it can get pretty dark on the river before the moon decides to rise. Conrad showed up with the beers and a smirk. He had heard the story before and probably would have stuck around to hear it again, but he had a bunch of photographers of his own to deal with, and having undoubtedly heard the story themselves, they weren't leaving their hydration a chance. By the time I returned with the second group, it was pretty much a Lord of the Flies situation, Joey said. And by the time I arrived with the third, it was like Lost, complete with the smoke monster, which only I seemed convinced was just some fog in the trees. Also, apparently somebody had spooked a heron looking for the dead carp, and the squawk had them convinced they were on the island of Dr. Moreau. You're mixing a lot of literary references, I told him. It was that kind of night. And I'm guessing your Kimberly Sayers was part of the first group? He nodded. She was, you might say, the first to go mad. With nothing to do but power through, the clock was ticking and they wasted a lot of time hearing things go bump in the night, they set up their tripods as close to the waterline as possible, where the sand was firm and the sounds of the island were the farthest away. At this point, I swear some of them could hear the island breathing, he said. It was, I had to admit, a pretty entertaining sight to picture. Everyone pushed down to the stinky waterline. At least you didn't have to worry about the tide coming in, I said. The tide, no, he said. Barges, on the other hand. He shook his head at the sight he was picturing. With everyone focused on the moon that had finally, blessedly risen, no one had paid any attention to the passing barge. The wake nearly washed half the camera bags downriver, he said. It was a mad scramble that played havoc with their long exposures, that's for sure. 
Needless to say, the trips back were pretty sour, he said, though thankfully most of the ire was directed inward. Because no one wanted to be left alone as part of the last group, it had quite a tussle coming up with a way to choose the order of departure. First in, first out, finally one out, mainly because no one was willing to go up to the tree line to gather the twigs needed to draw straws, Joey said. In the mirror behind the bar, I could see a straggler with a camera bag on her shoulder hustling through to the back room. She was a pretty girl, and from the double take she gave Joey, I'm guessing it was Kimberly Sayers. So what ended up happening to Les Runyon, I asked. I wondered the same thing, he said. So after I dropped off the last group at the ramp, I went looking for him. Conrad started to pass by with a tray of drinks for the back room, but hesitated so he could enjoy this last part. I found him about a mile upriver, he said. He'd gone to Trouble Beach, not Hubble Beach. He was asleep in a sling chair next to a dying fire in the middle of a circle of tiki torches. He'd finished off most of the beer and looked pretty satisfied. Didn't have the heart to wake him. He was talking about that the other day, Conrad said, moving off. Insists that it was the best night of his life. Joey laughed. Anyway, I haven't had anything to do with that lot since. <laughs> and judging from the look the girl with the camera bag gave him, I've got a feeling that's been just fine by them. Well, that's it for this week. Thanks for stopping by, and when you get a chance, don't forget to check out the website at burlyflow.com. There's some cool stuff there I think you'll like. Thanks again. We'll catch you later. <laughs>